Greetings and salutations, sports and wrestling fans all across the wide and wonderful internet. It is time for another special edition of Modern Day Gladiators. Michael Shibley, your ace of Tennessee sports podcasting, with you here on the Outlander Media Network. And yes, this is going to be another special edition. We talked about it like a couple of weeks ago when I had to go to Hawaii for my sister's wedding, so I wanted to make sure I got a good one out for everybody. We're doing something like that. I got a business trip up to Michigan, so we're doing this one a little bit earlier, so we're not going to cover especially things like SummerSlam or the uh, the G1 Climax or anything coming on around the weekend. I'm recording it before then, so um, now you can stay tuned to all of my social media, and that includes, of course, Twitter at Michael underscore Shibley or the Modern Day Gladiators Facebook and Instagram page. I'll be posting updates about all of that stuff as it comes available there. So, But we're still going to do some good stuff here. Since I'm heading up to Michigan, I figured why not talk about the Big Ten and Notre Dame. The route I'm taking up there is going to take me right through South Bend. I'm going to stop try and stop by Notre Dame Stadium, check out the Grotto, some of the other stuff, Touchdown Jesus up there, check out some of that stuff, so, uh, and again, I'll post all of that to social media if I get the chance, you might be seeing it already, I might have posted it already, who knows, it's in the future that we're taking care of all of that, and of course, you can check out everything else at Outlander Media, at outlandermedia.net, check out all the other great podcasts we've got there, Scared Stupid, Halfle, uh, DLC Respawn, Deadbeat Radio Phantasm, all the great stuff we've got there. And, of course, Modern Day Gladiators. We've got it all. There's a nice media player there. And, of course, you can also check out us on Google Play, uh, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Wherever you get your fine podcast. just give us a like and five-star reviews and uh, subscribe. All that great stuff. Comment. Follow us on social media, wherever. Help us take over the world because we got bigger things coming. And we're excited to make some announcements coming up soon. Check us out everywhere on social media as well, of course, Outlander Media. So we're taking over the world, but hey, let's dive right into this on this little special edition of the podcast. We are talking the Big Ten. Of course, it's been really interesting because the Big Ten has had really good football top to bottom for the last couple of years. But one of the things that's been interesting, they have not been able to get into the playoffs. They've been out the last two seasons. Ohio State always has to suffer some head-scratching loss, and that's keeping them out of the playoffs. I mean, you look at two years ago, they lost at Iowa, and the year uh, last season, they lost at Purdue. So just those losses have kept them out. That shows how big the talent has been elsewhere in the world of college football that has been keeping them out. So again, there's a lot of questions and we're going to talk about this a little bit. But again, can a Big Ten team finally get back into the playoff in Jim Delaney's last year's Big Ten commissioner? How's Ohio State going to do without Urban Meyer? Ryan Day's the new head coach. Is it finally time for Jim Harbaugh and Michigan? I mean, they're paying him a lot of money, $7 million plus a year to be the coach. He has not won a Big Ten title, let alone a division championship. They haven't even played for it in the Big Ten championship game since Harbaugh's been there. Hasn't beaten Ohio State. So is that going to happen? We'll see. Are any of these other teams going to be able to rise to the challenge? The Big Ten is really going to be solid from top to bottom. you got some really good teams. We're going to break them down here in just a moment. Of course, the only ones you don't really have to worry about is Illinois and Rutgers. To me, everything, as we see it on paper right now, looks like Illinois and Rutgers. It's almost a bye week for a lot of these Big Ten teams. And again, we'll see how the season shapes out, but that's what it's looking like 
right now. But let's first talk, of course, about the highly competitive Eastern Division there in the Big Ten. I, and I'm probably going to regret this. I, I, I feel like it, it's just not going to happen, but we'll see. But I'm going to go with Michigan getting their first division championship under Jim Harbaugh and will play for that Big Ten championship game. The reason I'm picking them, that offense is stacked. Shea Patterson, he's back at quarterback, and you saw how well he did last season once he got under himself and was able to get kind of used to the Big Ten play and everything there. And it also helps that you've got four starting offensive linemen back. Peoples-Jones, Collins, and Black are all back at wide receiver, and they are all very talented. If they can get a running back to fit into that mix, that offense is just going to be clicking on all cylinders. And they should still have a good defense. The issue is that defense got really exposed and really embarrassed in the last two games. They played great the first 11 games of the season, but then just that humiliating 62-39 loss at Ohio State and that 41-15 loss versus Florida in the Peach Bowl. So again, the pressure is on that offense until the defense can kind of come around and something else to consider as well. Again, we talked about it. Harbaugh, he's getting paid $7 million a year and he has not beaten Ohio State yet. He has a a losing record against Notre Dame and a losing record against Michigan State at this point. So again, this is the season it looks like they have to break through because, again, Ohio State, new head coach, new quarterback, changes there in Columbus. Ohio State's still going to be good. We're going to talk about them in a second. But the pressure is really on Jim Harbaugh. You're paying him a lot of money to win. When you pay someone $7 million a year, you're paying them to get you to the promised land, you know, all the way almost to the mountaintop or at least into the the playoff at this point and that has not happened yet so we will see what goes on with Harbaugh and company but I do have them winning the division mostly again because with Ohio State you do have a new rookie head coach I say rookie Ryan Day was the interim coach when Urban Meyer was out under the suspension last season did win a good game and a neutral site against TCU under his watch's coach so you do have that but again, he is it's it's all his program now. So we're gonna see what happens there. And again, it also helps that you've got a good transfer at quarterback. Yes, Dwayne Haskins is gone. You've got again probably the most productive quarterback ever in Ohio State history. I think what 50 touchdowns last season. It was just an amazing season for Haskins, who's now playing with the Washington Redskins. So you've got Justin Fields. He's a Georgia transfer. He was, I think, the number two recruit overall, depending on which service of recruiting you follow. So he's got the goods. He did look good in the time he did get under center with Georgia. However, of course, Jake Fromm was just there and doing just, again, leading Georgia to great heights. So that's something you do have to factor in. And again, we're going to see what happens. One of the big things, too, you have Justin Fields. So you've got a very good, at least on paper, quarterback. The problem was with the arrival of Fields via transfer, two of Ohio State's other quarterbacks transferred out. So that is one thing you have to keep in mind, that there might not be that much depth at that position should Fields struggle or get injured. But again, it's Ohio State. You know they're going to just be loaded with all types of blue-chip talent because it's Columbus. They're still going to reload, even if Urban Meyer's not there. Ryan Day looks to be a good head coach. We'll just see. Again, I still think that 
Ohio State. There might be some issues. We'll see what happens. The big thing, of course, is they do have to travel to the big house, even though that hasn't been that much of a threat the past almost 20 years, it seems like, in the nature of this rivalry. But we'll see. Again, you've got a young head coach. He's the one who has to make all the decisions, so we'll see what happens there. Really quick, too, with Michigan, one of the games that you need to be aware of if you are a big Michigan fan, and again, you're the team that did lose to Appalachian State, uh, you, you know, and again, that was just so much of a just shocker to everybody. But September 7th, Army comes to town in the big house. And yes, Army... As Of course, it's a military academy, so you should win, but man, that triple option is running on all cylinders right now. They won 11 games last year. Army, and they've got so many of them coming back. Army could be a top 25 team at some point this season, so Michigan needs to be on upset alert in that game. But again, back to Ohio State. Again, with Ryan Day, rookie head coach, you've got a, a transfer quarterback who, again, could be a, a future Heisman Trophy winner. He has that much talent. We'll have to see. I just don't see it happening this year with just some of the experience both on the sideline and under center. Meanwhile, you look at the rest of the Big Ten, uh, especially in the Eastern Division. Michigan State can play spoiler to both of these, Michigan and or Ohio State. They always seem to have had Michigan's number when it comes to a lot of it, and they have a great defense. And you can do a lot of things when you have a great defense. I'll take a great defense over a spectacular offense any day. The problem is with Michigan State, they have almost no offense. So if they can't move the ball, yeah, you can stop the other guys from moving the ball, but someone's got to score at some point. And a lot of these other teams that Michigan State's going to play probably can score a little bit more than they can when it comes to getting it done. So we'll just have to see what happens. Penn State has a lot of talent. As always, James Franklin, has he gotten to the peak uh, we'll have to see, of course, when you have to replace one of the best quarterbacks you've ever had at Penn State in Trace McSorley, you're going to probably slide down a little bit. We'll see what happens with Penn State. Indiana, I think, could be a big potential spoiler in the Big Ten East when you look at everything that goes on at Indiana because they do have 18 returning starters, and they are close. They're getting, they're right on that bowl cusp. So again, I don't think they're going to contend, obviously, for the division crown, but they could pull an upset or two on the way to see who's going to get to the Big Ten championship game. So just keep that in mind. Don't expect them, again, to win it, but man, I think Indiana could be a real surprise team in the Big Ten this year. Meanwhile, the other team that could be a factor and pull some upsets, it's Maryland, Fear the Turtle, my mom's alma mater. There could be, uh, the offense should be great under Mike's Loxley, the new head coach there. But again, are they going to play any defense at all? We'll have to see. Moving over to the Western Division, and it is a real toss-up. You've got, I think, legitimately six teams that could really compete for the crown. Pretty much everybody but Illinois could compete for the division crown in the Western Division. We Look, my pick is going to be Iowa. I'm not going to doubt Kirk Ferentz when you've got, especially when he's got a really solid, almost great quarterback in Nate Stanley. The guy knows how to run this offense. He's very good. Iowa is, again, solid. They've got one of the greatest traditions now in college football with the wave to the Children's Hospital at the end of the first quarter, one of my favorite things that they do. 
I'm not going to go against Kurt Ferentz. The big thing, though, you do have to pay attention to is the road schedule is not fun for Iowa. They've got to go to Michigan, to Northwestern, to Wisconsin, and to Nebraska. So you keep an eye on all of that. If they are road warriors, though, they can be playing in that Big Ten championship game. And that's my pick for this uh, for this season. Wisconsin, they've got Jonathan Taylor, who could be a Heisman-caliber running back. He is that good. And they're going to need to ride Jonathan Taylor until they find a quarterback to come around and take some of the pressure off Taylor and hopefully fix that defense. Because, again, that defense was great two years ago when Wisconsin almost made the playoffs. But instead, you have... They kind of fell back last season. We'll see what happens. Are they going to be able to rebuild that defense? Meanwhile, Nebraska. Nebraska could surprise a lot of people. They're a sexy pick by some people, but I just don't see the talent there yet on defense. The black shirt defense is not there yet, but I still feel good about what Frost is doing back at his alma mater. He struggled a little bit last season, especially getting going, but they turned things around and my goodness, Adrian Martinez at quarterback could be a real star in the Big Ten, and he's got a great wide receiver and Spielman to throw to, so we'll see what happens there. If they can get some solid defensive play and get a running back to go with Martinez and Spielman, man, they could be something special finally happening again back in Lincoln. Northwestern, Pat Fitzgerald just keeps some solid all the time. They won this division last season and they just keep winning. Pat Fitzgerald is the best coach probably that they have had almost all time at Northwestern, especially in the modern era. But he has been great there and they just keep winning. They're going to go to a bowl game. You can rely on Northwestern to get to a bowl game and hey, those noon or at, at usually a lot of times that you know early afternoon kickoff at Ryan Field upsets have happened there way too many times for me to count in the Big Ten. But I'm never going to count out Northwestern, especially if they've got that defense back to where it needs to be. You also look at what the Golden Gophers are doing under P.J. Fleck. He has rallied the troops. They've just gotten better and better in his uh, first few seasons there. Can they get over the hump? We'll have to wait and see. And meanwhile, Purdue, they hit the gold mine when Jeff Brom decided to stay and not go to Louisville. So that was great bonus for them. And again, their wide receiver, Rondale Moore, is someone special. Can they get enough playmakers around him that can be just as much of a factor as Moore is? And also, one of the things to consider as well, are they going to get good uh, play on the lines? Because yeah, you can have all the great skill positions, but if that quarterback can't get rid of the ball fast enough or even hand it off and not create holes for the running back, you're going to be in a lot of trouble. So Purdue, not a full team yet, but man, it's good to see Purdue back playing good football and Rondell Moore is fun to watch. But again, my picks to play in the Big Ten Championship game. I do have Iowa coming out of the West, and then I've got Michigan finally getting there. And hey, picking them, I might be right, or again, Harbaugh is just going to disappoint again, because if he does not get to the Big Ten Championship game at least this season, man, people are going to really start to question uh, his capabilities of becoming a champion back at his alma mater. So we will have to see. And of course, we'll cover everything happening in the world of college football here on Modern Day Gladiators. Meanwhile, one other team, of course, you think about them a lot when you think Big Ten football, even though they have conference ties first to the Big East and now to the ACC, which is still just weird to me. It's also weird for me to say Maryland is a Big Ten school. That still freaks me out. But 
hey, that's the way conference alignment is. But we're talking about Notre Dame. Notre Dame, of course, the top independent school. They've been that way forever. They did make the playoffs with uh, Ian Book at quarterback. Man, they had a great offense going to the season. They were undefeated until they ran into the <laughs> into Clemson, a much better team than them in the Cotton Bowl. So again, Ian Book is back, and he's going to look to be even better than he was last year. And hey, when you've got four returning starters on the offensive line, that's a just a welcome bonus to have for Notre Dame. So look for that. Again, are they going to be able to fill some of those holes on defense? One of the big things is Notre Dame has seemed to, once they get that talent and they get to the top, it showed when they lost the national championship game uh, back in t- the 2012 season to Alabama, and then they had that 10-win season in 2015. They slid down in at 2016, I think Notre Dame went 4-8. and eight. So, again, Brian Kelly has to keep that recruiting talent going and just keep reloading. You can't just build for every four years. You have to reload. So we'll see what happens. It looks like they have plugged a lot of those holes on the defensive side of the ball. We'll see what happens as the season goes. I don't think they're going to go undefeated. I don't think Notre Dame's going to make the playoffs. Do I think they can make a group of six bowl? Yes, I do think they can make one of the top bowl games. But when you have road games both at Georgia, September 21st, and I think Georgia could be a playoff team this year, and then at Michigan in late October, I don't don't think Notre Dame's going to win both of those games. And they p- could lose both of them. I think they'll split them. I think they could have a chance to beat Michigan. I don't think they're beating Georgia that early in the season. So I don't have Notre Dame making the playoff this year, but I do have them in a top tier bowl. Before we go to the last two bits, I do want to thank everybody again for listening here to Modern Day Gladiators. Hit that like and subscribe button wherever you listen to this podcast. Sure do appreciate it. Share it with your friends. Tell them about it. Get them to listen to the podcast. I'd love to hear their input as you quote and qualify and all the all the things you can say if you comment on it i would love to debate you michael underscore shibley is me on twitter but we do have to thank some great sponsors that we have at the um at the outlander media network it's 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 something i can say it i know what i'm doing i got things beeping and going crazy here as i'm trying to record this podcast but you look at joe shirt joe shirt.com you're looking to expand your brand and especially here in the Knoxville area, Joe Shirt can help you. They have been in the business for 33 years. They can make shirts. They can make banners. They can make mugs. Anything to help get your name out there, Joe Shirt can help make it happen. You go to JoeShirt.com. They got some great templates and different ideas, and they can help work with you however you're wanting to do it. Joe Shirt is some great quality t-shirts as well. I mean, they're not just ones that you get at, you know, that they toss out of the t-shirt cannon at the baseball game. No, these are great high-quality shirts that you're going to want to wear, not just for the event, but just every day that you got it. They're beautiful t-shirts. And of course, we got some great merch coming very soon to Outlander Media, so check that out. Meanwhile, you talk about other things that are out of this world, you need to check out Otherworldly Coffee. And these are some great, high-quality coffees. They are a little bit more of a robust-style coffee, so if you're into that type of coffee, check them out. You've got, uh, you've got the Bigfoot Blend, the Dogman Blend, the Mothman Blend, 
and the Thunderbird blend. They're all just incredible coffees. If you like them dark, you like them heavy, check all of these out. They're all great roasted coffees. They're roasted by the Temecula Coffee Roasters in Temecula, California. If you go to otherworldlycoffee.com, you place your order and you use the code OUTLANDER at checkout, you're going to get 15% off that order so check them out moving on to a quick shivels and bits no time for pink panther as we go here and again this is just where we are um, doing this episode a little earlier in the recording cycle just because again i've got a business trip up to michigan that's why we're talking big 10 when in the first segment there but let me just talk some other quick things going on in the world of sports that i think can hang on and even be relevant in the next couple of days. The Yankees and White Sox, they're going to play a game at the Field of Dreams in Iowa uh, in August of 2020. This is just a great idea. Again, the 1989 Field of Dreams classic with Kevin Costner and James Earl Jones and Ray Liotta. Just a, Again, just a great movie, especially growing up as a kid. I loved that movie. It's one of those movies where it's perfectly fine just to ball your eyes out at the end of. It's just amazing, and they're going to build an 8,000-seat temporary ballpark right there where the 1989 movie was filmed. They've got the, um, the replica ballpark where they filmed the movie. And you can walk through the cornfield out into the main ballpark where they're going to have this game played. It's just going to be, I think, just an amazing atmosphere. Personally, I think it was a lot more use of doing this than playing a series of the Yankees and Red Sox in London that I don't know how many people actually cared about. So I like this idea. It's going to be the first ever Major League Baseball game in the state of Iowa. I'm assuming Kevin Costner's throwing out the first pitch. So that's going to be awesome to see. Moving back to college football, a quick poll that was done by Darren Ravel of the Action Network. He's a, a very good, um, especially talking about sports betting and sports business. I follow him on Twitter. He's great. He has a lot of insight, a lot of cool things that he talks about. But he ran a poll this past week talking about uh, the most annoying college football fan base in the world. And the top four, the final four, you had three teams that have been involved and at the top of the college football world, and one that hasn't been in a while, but yet they still were able to make the top four in the final four of the voting, and that's my Tennessee Volunteers. Tennessee has not been really relevant (laughs) much on the national stage in almost the last 15 years, but they is still number four in the voting of the most annoying uh, college football fan base. And I think, again, Rocky Top drives a lot of people crazy. That orange uniform just makes people go colorblind sometimes. But again, it's awesome to see that Tennessee fans can still annoy people. I also think, again, some of the overreaction that Tennessee fans had when it comes to certain things, that have happened on and off the field. And again, I think a lot of people outside of Knoxville were very turned off of the way the fans reacted with the possible hiring of Greg Schiano. But again, we've broken that down plenty on this podcast and others that I've been on and found out I would take many other more coaches other than Greg Schiano. So again, that they can go off somewhere. But again, the fact that Tennessee really hasn't been relevant in the last... 15 years really on the national skate on the national stage it's been great to see that uh, we can still annoy people rocky top is still home sweet home to me baby uh meanwhile the results of the poll though the top three were number one ohio state that shouldn't surprise anybody ohio state fans drive anybody nuts you say oh and someone says io back it makes you want to hit them 
in the head. And again, the way they just rallied around Urban Meyer for covering up a guy beating his wife, that would annoy me beyond all recognition. Of course, number two was Alabama. That shouldn't be a surprise either. I mean, the fact that Roll Tide is the only two words that Alabama fans could put together to complete a sentence will drive anybody nuts outside of that. And the fact, of course, that they're always in the college football playoff and always relevant. And then Notre Dame. Notre Dame, again, they come up and they make the playoffs, then they drop back down. So Notre Dame has this roller coaster, but Notre Dame, of course, has been just, you talk about the history of college football, Notre Dame is there in spades when it talks about everything. So, of course, their fan base just is nuts when it comes to that. And again, Tennessee, who did they knock out in the runoff to get to the final spot? It was Georgia. Georgia fans, when they bark at you, it gets really obnoxious. I mean, when Chase and Terry on Halfle start barking at people, it gets very obnoxious, and I hate that barking. But hey, they're the fans, and Georgia's been much more successful than Tennessee's been uh, the past few seasons. So it took a Hail Mary to beat them the other time, so... Good good on them, and Georgia could be competing for a national championship this season, and I don't see Tennessee doing that. We'll break down, of course, the SEC in the weeks to come here on Modern Day Gladiators. But thank you guys again for tuning in. Like the podcast. If you like it, give us those five-star reviews. That's how we get the name out there to more and more people. I love you guys. Have a great one. Of course, check all of social media for Modern Day Gladiators updates, especially recapping WrestleMania and the G1, so of course great pro wrestling stuff coming up. I love you guys. Too sweet. See you next time.